Hello everybody, thanks for tuning in. My name is Jeremy Franchese. You're listening to First Floor Conversations, where the view at the top is only as good as the foundation which preserves it. Today, we are talking about how companies can learn from realtors when it comes to acquiring talent. an interview process and being a realtor at all similar? Well, right now, you've heard me talking a lot, right? The, the labor market's tight. It's tight, right? There's, there's 1.5 million more jobs, openings, than qualified candidates to fill them. You've heard me gab on that for a little while. What else is going on, though? Reality is, nationally, unemployment's just under 4%. Locally, in the D.C. metropolitan area, in some areas like Loudoun County, it's under 3%. What that means is that you're only getting candidates to interview, come through your interview and vetting process and be candidates in your pipeline of talent to actually become employees. You're only getting people for the most part that are looking to leave a company they already received payment from. Meaning, there is not this happy-go-lucky pool of talented men and women, boys and girls, that are looking for jobs. Now, yes, there are college graduates, higher education graduates, and candidates, MBAs, law school, whatever your situation is, but the reality is, is this. You are taking somebody from a company to come work for your company. So, the reason I say that, okay, is because I'm going to give you two scenarios. I'm going to make this so simple, okay, as to why there are significantly important levers that need to be pulled to grab the attention of qualified people. Okay, if I'm buying a home and I work with two realtors, okay, just to give the example, don't get all picky with me. I'm working with two realtors. One of them, I show up at the house, okay, they're a little bit late, no worries, right? Everybody runs late sometimes, DC, you know the deal with traffic. You walk in, you get you get to the front door, they're running up, they're kind of grabbing the keys, I'm so sorry, right? Like, you know, John, Stacy here, I'm very excited, I want to show you this house, it's incredible. Uh, here, you know what? Opens the door, flies it open, I, I think you're going to love it here. I'm going to run to the restroom real quick, go take, go show yourself around real quick. Okay, you know, whatever, you rush from work, you're, you're taking a look at it, you know, you've seen a couple houses, right? You're in a house right now, you're not really sure if you want to move, but, but you know, you, your husband kind of talked to you, and so you're looking around, right? Looking around, looking around, kind of showing yourself the ropes, this is the kitchen, this is what's going on, realtor comes back into frame, right? They're like, oh my god, I gotta show you this and that, um, but it kind of is haphazardly thrown together, right? Like it doesn't look like there's much to it other than the, the person showing you like, look at this room and look at that room, right? It doesn't really leave that much of an impression. Now on the other hand, you go to another house, the realtor's waiting out front, keys in hand, John, Stacy, I'm so excited to show you this property. I've really taken some time. I've learned a little bit about what you guys are looking for. I can't promise this is going to be the one, but I think I've hit it pretty close to nail on the head. Okay. Now opens the door here before John, before you guys walk in, I want you to take a look at the future opening of your brand new house. I know you love the current house that you guys grew the relationship together, right? But now you're expecting. I think this is going to be an incredible doorway for a lot of new memories, okay? Here, let's walk inside. I want to show you this part of the house. Already, that second realtor is creating an experience. 
They're creating something memorable that's dream building. Why what you currently have isn't enough. So they show you around. They don't kind of leave you standing and hanging out. It's immersive. It makes you question, what could this become? It also makes it feel like they did some homework. So here, let me connect the dots here. How does this all connect back? Really simple. There's two types of candidates, or there's two types of situations, right, with interview processes. And the reason I say this is, again, let's remember, the only way you're gonna get really, really, really good is if you take them from another company. So it's gotta be incredible, because here's the thing. Most people think of interviews like a one-way conversation, right? A company interviewing a candidate to see if they are culturally, professionally, and competent enough to be worth extending an offer to, right? Do they fit in with the people? Are they skilled enough in the technical sense to complete the job expectations? And third, do they look like they have potential? What can they become if you invest in them? What, what are the intangibles that we can maybe see, grow, develop, and, and see beyond the initial value of the, of the employee? Here's the thing though. Now, because they don't need your offer, but they may want it, it's a two-way evaluation. They're looking at the company for the exact same thing. Do I feel like I get along with these people? Does it look culturally like something I would thrive in? Is the environment conducive to how I work? Now, on the other hand, is it a challenging environment? Do these people look like somebody I can develop and grow? Am I gonna like the work I'm doing? Do I like the mission? Does this environment feel inspirational? Am I getting compensated and valued in a way I feel is just? So let's bring the circle, right, full circle. Just like the realtor in the house hunting, right, the couple. Candidate one, candidate A shows up, right? You're the best recruiter in the world. Candidate walks in, you know, 15 minutes early, right? Early, you know, 12.15 for 12.30, whatever. Shows up, the, 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 the front attendant, right, secretary, gatekeeper, whatever you want to call them, you know, looks up. Hi, can I help you? Uh, yeah, I'm here for an interview. Uh, okay, yeah, here. You know what? H have a seat. Let me go see where, 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 what's going on. Kind of confused. Applicant sits down. The, the, the attendee at the front goes to the back, looks around, comes back after some, you know, couple minutes. Says, you know what? Hey, uh, come here. Go, go stay in that conference room for a couple minutes. They'll be with you shortly. Can I get you anything? Maybe offers for some water, you know, whatever, the little, little, all the little stuff, right? First person comes in, hey, so excited, you know, yada, 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 tell me about yourself. Interview kicks off, and then there's kind of a wave of uh, traditional interview standards, right? I don't want to get too in the weeds about this, but uh, because, again, like the people that listen to this, it, you know, could be blue collar, could be, you know, white collar, could be gray collar, where it's technical, or maybe, you know, there's a variety of different thresholds of interview processes, right? Some are more behavioral, some are really, really skill set driven, or, or, you know, you got to be proficient in something that's really high level. But the simple standard is that, right? They, they move forward. Here's candidate two, company two. Arrives 15 minutes early, same situation. Person at the front. Hi, you must be Patrick. Yep. Hey, Patrick, very excited to see you. We've been expecting. Have a seat. I will go get James. James will be the first round of your interviews. Candidate steps back. They were clearly expecting him. He sits down. A couple minutes later, James comes out. James. My name is James. Very, very nice to meet you. You know what, Patrick? Here, follow me. 
they kick things off, they sit down, they're in motion. Now, I want to keep it that simple because those are controllables. Those are things in a process you can control. Those are things in an interview process, just like the realtor. One realtor, they both showed them the property, but one made an experience and showed that they've done it before. They did some homework. They were prepared. The other one just showed them a house, right? When you're interviewing candidates, they're looking at your company like you are looking at them. What's in this for me today? What's in this for me tomorrow? And what's in this for me long-term? Am I a good fit here? Am I gonna be developed here? And is this financially in my better interest? Maybe for my family, my kids, whatever the situation is. Just like the company saying, is this good for us? Is it good financially? Is it good culturally? Are they operationally a good fit for us? Can they do things and are they technical enough? What about down the road? If we invest in them, can they be a leader? Can they manage people? What can we make them become? You can have the best recruiter in the world on your books, in-house, making calls every day to bring people to your door. But here's the thing. That recruiter's wages and general compensation and benefits, like I've been talking about for the last several episodes of this, are going to keep going up, right? Healthcare is going to continue to get more expensive. Wages are going to continue to increase. So as that employee, those labor costs, all of the other corresponding expenses tie into it increase, right? The taxes, the insurance, the unemployment taxes, all those different pieces, right? You're going to have larger liabilities on your books and you're not going to get the return you're expecting because your front end activity is not correct. The candidates are coming to your door, but the intangibles are broken. Are you a well-oiled machine that shows you were prepared, ready, and, and able? Or did somebody walk in in the front, had no idea an interview was coming that day, and the person conducting the interview randomly got booked up for a meeting and pulled somebody randomly and said, hey, hey, Allie, can you run this interview? I totally forgot I have a meeting with so-and-so. I, I need you to jump in. Allie comes in, not even understanding really what the role's for after 10 minutes of a brief, and all of a sudden, nobody knows what's going on. You let the candidate go, haven't talked to him in two weeks, they're like, I don't know what's going on, but you're in the background saying, well, I just wanted another opinion, so you think you're moving around, but in reality, the other employee, the candidate, is like, I haven't heard anything from them, I assume they're not interested, I'm going to go take the better offer on the table from the other company, because they're moving at a pace that makes me believe they're the right fit for me. So companies, if you're in interviews, don't have five people in an interview asking the same set of questions. What is the point? Candidates, when you show up early, you show up polished, ready to go. Like, you should look for these things. Now, I'm not saying every company that's top notch has a flawless system. But what I am saying is that, listen, unemployment's at a, at, a, at a low point, lowest since the 60s, where as an employer, you're only getting people if you are compelling them to leave a current employment situation. Like, recognize that. You are only getting them if they leave a job to come to you, which means they're gonna leave you if you are disproportionately better in some way or another. Whether it's uh, development, whether it's financially, whether it's benefits, whether it's flexibility, whether it's a commute to work, whether it's mentorship, like culture, there's a million reasons. But at the end of the day, like you wanna have an, a compelling interview story. You want to leave an impression with the candidate. 
because the one that leaves the best impression will end up closing that candidate, right? But if you're sloppy, it's not, it's disjointed, it doesn't look focused, it doesn't look like you've done this, let alone prepared for it, like your candidate should be coming prepared, early, buttoned up, ready to roll. Now, of course, not all of them do. But if they're gonna show up to you ready to roll, you should show up to the office ready, expecting them. And that's all I would say, right? Which realtor do you wanna be? The one that showed them a building or the one that painted a picture of the next phase of their life? Because at the end of the day, the difference between you and the outcome you expect, want, and are targeting for 2019 will be, will always be, and will depend on the execution, the caliber, the engagement, and the overall results of your workforce. And that's the point here. This is first floor conversations where the view at the top is and always will be only as good as the foundation which preserves it. And in this case, in this state, in this marketplace, in this labor market, your people are everything. And control what you can to get the best, engage the best, retain the best, and ultimately exceed your targets in 2019. Thanks so much for joining, folks. My name is Jeremy Franchese. This is First Floor Conversations. Stay tuned.